So I lift my hands to the God that guides me, to the one that finds me. Even in my darkest days, he walks beside me singing songs of freedom, always singing songs of life. And they're leading me out of the darkness and they're bringing me into the light. Hey, he never said it would be easy. No, he never said we would be safe. Hey girl, hey! Welcome back to episode two of the Her Words My Healing Podcast. I am your host, Andrea, and I want to welcome you back to the newest addition to your pre-existing safe spaces. Here we are, a family of women, and we can't forget about the men, ready to bear our truths, share our stories, heal from our pasts, and encourage those around us to embrace the same. We are a weekly podcast that is released every Saturday morning, ready to start the conversation on all the topics we can think of. But don't let the conversation stop here. Oh, no. This podcast is designed so that we can feel encouraged to continue the conversation with those around us. So let's start the healing, y'all. If there is still light, then there is still love There is still hope, just a flicker's enough It only takes one single flame To cut through the dark and light So today, prepare yourselves. We are going on an emotional journey. We are talking about Black Lives Matter. Yes, we are talking about the movement. And I just have one question. The question that I've really been trying to figure out within myself. (laughs) That question is, do we really want to hear it? But first, you know, we will start off with a quick good old prayer because we are sure going to need him for this one, y'all. Then we will have our In Other Words segment where I will share when a sister, a non-melanated sister, learned the proper etiquette of black hair. It was beautiful, y'all. Yes. And after that, we will jump right into our topic and end the episode on a lighter note with an insightful moment. So, let's go. If there is still light, then there is still love. There is still hope, just a flicker's enough. It only takes one single flame to cut through the dark and light. All right, y'all. So, for the topic at hand, let's go ahead and pray. Dear Lord, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for your grace, your mercy, your power, your love, your unconditional love, and your favor. God, we thank you for bringing us back together for episode two. God, and to deep dive into this conversation of racism, of Black Lives Matter, and of our true opinions and our healing that needs to take place. God, I pray that you just orchestrate this conversation. God, I pray that people begin to open up about what they're feeling, what they're dealing with, and what they're going through. And God, I pray that you just use my words to be your words, use my experience to heal someone else. God, and just bless the conversation all around to be positive, to be encouraging, and to be productive. In Jesus' name, amen. If there is still light, then there is still love. There is still hope, just a flicker's enough. It only takes one single flame to cut through the dark and light. Okay, so let's get into it. Did y'all hear my snap just now? Okay. All right, so my In Other Words segment is about the successful, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just, it was a success of teaching somebody what to do and what not to do with black hair. So let me set the scene for y'all. I was working at 
a company. I'm not going to say who just because, you know, I'm not going to put people on blast. But majority of the people that I normally work with, they're Caucasian. I'm just going to be honest. Most of the positions that I've held, I have been, if not one, the only one, one of few, I should say, uh, black people in the organization. So at this particular job, it was evident the black and white lines. It was evident or it became evident. However, when I first got there, you know, I'm me. So, you know, I'm trying to be inclusive and friendly and trying to give people the benefit of the doubt before, you know, I write them off completely. Yeah, I do that like everybody else. Okay. So I had, before I got there, I had really long hair and I went through some things with my hair that will probably be another story for another time. And consequently, I needed to cut my hair. And by cut my hair, I had cut my hair before, years before, and the shortest I went was like shoulder length. But this time I cut, 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 cut it, like cut, cut, cut it. (laughs) I cut it and it was like a taper cut in the back. It was like short, short, short. But I'd never told like anybody outside of the one girl that I talked to at that job or talked to at that job because I'm no longer there. I didn't tell anybody that I was cutting it because that's my business and I don't put my coworkers in my business like that unless like you become my friend outside of work. So I went and got it cut. I think I got it cut over the weekend. So that Monday when I came back to work, I walked in, of course, and my hair was cut short. It was curly and it was different because I'm the type I always pull my hair up. It's either in a high bun, a low bun, a ponytail, or braids. Like it's never out and curly that often. So everybody in the office is just like, oh, you know, I like your hair, this, that, and the third. And the one black lady, because there's there was four black people, including myself. There was four black people in the office. One of the black people was a close friend of mine. She became a close friend of mine. And the other one was a black older lady. And she knew the etiquette already. Like you look from a distance, you don't come and, you know, put your hands in my hair. You don't touch it. Like she knew, she already knew. So that was cool. But then another lady, I'm just going to say another lady, because it was, it was like four Four black people, four white people. One, two, three. No, three white people. No, four white people. Four black people, four white people. And the other half of the room, like half of them just stayed in their seats because I don't really fool with them like that anyway. Um, And then another one, she she was all over the place, y'all. Like, she was all over the place. <laughs> that's what I'm going to leave it as. Like, that's what I'm going to leave it as. <laughs> But she just, you know, she's a busybody. So her whole thing was, oh my goodness, Andrea. Oh my goodness. It just looks so well. And you could tell that she was about to like lunge to put her hands in my head. Like you could tell it was coming, but she stopped herself. I don't know if I had given her a look because you know how you can feel a look, but you don't express it. Like you could be smiling, but in the back of your head, you'd be like, uh-uh, don't touch me. I don't know if like my my facial feature gave off what I was thinking inside, but all I do know is that she stopped herself midway into her lunge and was like, oh, um, can I touch your hair? Girl. <laughs> The choir in me, inside my head, was they were shouting and they was applauding because a non-melanin person finally got it right. Baby, you asked me to put your hands in my hair. You don't just touch my hair. Like, I know in other cultures that may not be the case, but with me in the culture that I grew up in, don't you come over here and touch my head unless you ask me to and I tell you it's okay. Y'all, that day I was so happy. 
or that moment, I should say. I was so happy, like, girl, yeah, she finally got it right. And I, you know, subsequently, I let her touch my hair. You know, I ain't let her go all up in my hair like you can touch a strand or two. I was so happy, like, yes, come on, Karen. Her name won't Karen, but, you know, we got Karens in the world. Come on, Karen. You just up here asking before you do something. That's, that is the proper way to do it, y'all. Moral of the story, ask before you do something. Like, just ask. You may get a yes. Like, like Karen, you may get a yes, baby. Ask. It's okay. All right. That was my, that was my another word story, y'all. Successful black hair lesson, y'all. Successful black hair. All right. <laughs> if there is still light, then there is still love. There is still hope. Just a flicker's enough. It only takes one single flame to cut through the dark. All right, y'all. So I broke this this topic down into like three or four parts. I think it's, yeah, it's like four parts. And I broke it down that way because it's a heavy subject and I feel like you can't talk about everything at one time. You just, you just can't do that. So, and I'm nervous. I don't know why I feel nervous. I feel anxious to talk about this. I don't know why y'all, but I do. Y'all, so bear with me, okay? I actually did a Google search for Black Lives Matter. I just Googled, typed in Black Lives Matter. And I wanted to talk about what came up. So the first thing that came up was an ad from capitalsocial.org. And it says, Black Lives Matter, stop killing black people. Y'all, like, let that sink in. Like, we are in year 2020 and we have to tell people to stop killing black people. Like... That being the first thing that came up, it just hits different. It's just like, wow, we really have, we still have to tell people to stop killing us. And not even just white people killing us or cops killing us. Like we, we're killing ourselves too. To be honest, we're, we're getting it from all, we're getting it from all angles. And at one point, like, do we get a break from it? So I actually did a little bit further research and I Googled Black Lives Matter. And it's actually a organization. There's an organization called called Black Lives Matter Global Network. And their mission is pretty simple. And I'll just take an excerpt from their purpose. Their purpose is to build power, to bring justice, healing, and freedom to black people across the globe. And I think that is amazing. And one of the things, one of the other things that stood out to me was their second purpose, or in addition to their main purpose, is that they believe in anti-racist advocacy and protest. And I think a lot of times people get it confused when they say anti-racist. When we say Black Lives Matter, we're not saying no other lives matter. We're saying make us matter because everybody else matters. And to us in this world and and in this day and age and for all of history, let's just be honest, we felt like we didn't matter. And that is what this movement is saying. We matter too. Somebody, somebody look at us because we matter. What's happening to our people matters and we're not trying to knock or diminish any other race but we're saying include us too and just to give anyone context that does not know about the Black Lives Matter movement because there's a lot of people that don't want to know or that aren't educated to know or they are surrounded by people that don't have the drive to find out and and to be honest that's okay if you have questions like what is the Black Lives Matter movement so be it 
I'm probably not the best person to come to about what the Black Lives Matter movement is because I feel like every every black person has their own definition of it. Mine being Black Lives Matter is just we have not mattered for years, decades. Like we have not mattered. And at what point are we going to matter? At what point are the deaths that continuously happen that don't have to happen? At what point are those lives going to matter? And at what point are those lives, those cultures that are connected to those lives going to matter? So for me, when I say black lives matter, I say, see me, see me as not your lesser or, and see me not as your superior, see me as your equal, see me as someone that says, Hey, you know what? We look different, but we are still humans. We still bleed the same red color. We still have to use the toilet the same way. Like nothing is different about us other than our skin color. So don't see me as a skin color. See me as a human being. See me as a person that deserves the opportunities to make it as well. And that does not deserve to be gunned down or shot down or looked down upon because of something that we can't even control. That's just where I am at with that. I also, when I say Black Lives Matter, I mean, I mean it in an empowering way. Like Black Lives Matter, I'm, I'm not just saying that to the people that don't believe we matter. I'm saying it to my people. I'm saying it to other black people saying, y'all be proud, stand strong. I'm with you. Like, I'm proud to be black. Be proud to be your color. Be proud to be your culture. Stand firm and also take care of it. Take care of your culture. Take care of your people. That's what I mean when I say Black Lives Matter. I mean it to the people that don't believe we matter. And I mean it to the people that are affected by it. My people, black people, we matter, y'all. I feel like in order for us to continue the fight, continue moving forward, I feel like there's a couple of questions we have to ask ourselves. And the first one being, what is our mission as a community? We can say and mean Black Lives Matter on a global scale, but I feel like change starts local, change starts at home. I mean, it starts within the home, but it also starts within our community. So for us to continue the fight and continue to seek change and continue to seek justice, we have to ask ourselves, like, what does what is our mission as a community in my community what do I want to see happen what do I want to see change and it can be very specific to your own community like I wish the police didn't ride by 10 times a day every day or it could be something general that the whole world is going through not saying that your specific community isn't going through it but it can be a common issue or it can be something very specific and detailed to your community so I feel like that is something we have to start asking ourselves what is our mission as a community What is our goal and what does that look like? What does executing our mission look like? I feel like that's one of the first things we have to ask ourselves. The second is what would be enough? Like what amount of change would be enough for us to say, you know what? Okay, you hear me, you see me, we have justice, we're equal. Okay, what does that look like? Because a lot of times I hear people say, oh, we need reparations. Well, is reparations enough? To me, you can cut me a check all day long, but that's still not going to be, that's that's almost kind of like hush money to me. If you're going to give me reparations, cool. I feel like my people deserve it. However, I, I'm not going to drop my other mission and my other goal of seeking change and of seeking justice. I'm not going to stop that because that's my goal. And you're not going to appease me with other things because I feel like if we don't know our end goal, if we don't know what change looks like, we'll accept whatever they send to pacify us. Because let's let's be completely honest, this world will do things just to pacify the issue. So if we as a culture and we as a people 
don't have the end goal already established will accept whatever they send to pacify us. And that will never be enough. So we first have to ask ourselves, what would be enough? What is our end goal? What does change look like for us? At the end of the day, what does that look like for our community and for the world and for our individual selves? Because if we don't know the answer, we will take whatever answer the world feeds us. And that's not okay. Because let's be honest, the world is like a business and a business is not going to give you top dollar on your first offer. Like that's not even how the game works. So if we don't know our end goal and if we don't know our worth and our value, we won't seek top dollar. Top dollar won't be our end goal. So then we'll just take the mediocre deal thinking that, oh, you know, this is, this is all right. This is cool. When at the end of the day, we could have had what we actually wanted if we knew what we wanted. So I feel like those, those two questions are definitely things that we have to start with first. What is our mission in our community? What do we want to see? What do we want to take place? What do we, we want to change in our community? And two, what would be enough? What would be enough change? So for those people that do not know about the Black Lives Matter movement, it has been going on for years now. However, recent years, I, I would say it has become, I don't, I don't want to use the word heightened, a demand almost. Like, okay, so much has happened. So much has gone on. It's one thing after another, consistent, consistent. It's a need. It's a demand on the world for you to see us now because we're not going anywhere. We're not stopping. We're not shutting up. We're not just taking whatever you want to give us. And we have to see change in order for, I guess, in order for us to be quiet. I don't really know. But for those people that don't know about the Black Lives Matter movement, it it started years ago. I mean, it's been around for years. I mean, you have the Black Panthers, you have Martin Luther King. I mean, you have so many things that have happened in history. And those are all, to me, I categorize it all as Black Lives Matter because that's what it's saying since slavery it's been about black lives matter everything that has taken place to elevate black people and to get us to just an equal playing field is black lives matter to me like it's that's the movement to me the heightened need for the movement started to me with George Floyd and his death and I will be completely honest y'all when I saw the video. I didn't know what I was looking at at first. I was just on Facebook and I was scrolling. And when I first saw the video, I was just like, oh Lord, it's another cop arresting a black person. Like, to be honest, I'll be completely honest. The first thing I thought was, man, come on y'all. Like, come on black people. Why, why we got to be on social media getting arrested again? Like that was my first thought. And so I continued to watch while I was watching. I was reading the comments as well. And then it hit me what I was watching like it it hit me that I was I was watching a man die like no lie it was the most eerie feeling I have ever felt it was like cold it I felt cold I felt stuck I felt like I could not look away but I was screaming inside to look away like don't watch this don't watch this but I couldn't I could not watch it and so when it happened when George actually died in the video I was numb like I was numb for a second it was just like I didn't I didn't know what I was about to watch and then I was watching it and I couldn't believe that I was watching it and then after I watched it I couldn't believe that all that all that had just happened I could not believe it I was I was numb I was stuck and it was as 
as if I was watching a movie, but I knew it was real and that the reality part of it had me stuck. To me, it was one of the most horrible things that I've ever watched. So for me, that's when the Black Lives Matter movement, the need for it heightened, the demand for it heightened. And then it went on to other people that died. But it kind of just, to me, in my head, it was just like George was the top of the hill. And then it just rolled down. And as we rolled down the hill, more things piled on, more people piled on, more deaths piled on. Like I had a moment where I was just like, okay, wait a minute now, wait a minute. How much do you think we can take? How much do you think we can stand before something that you don't want to happen is going to happen? I felt enraged. I felt like y'all not doing this to us. No, like y'all can't be doing this to us. Like, no, for real, y'all are really, this is really happening. Like I had those thoughts, like this can't be happening. Like this, this literally. This literally cannot be happening. And then, yes, it is happening. And you're left to sit. You're left to sit in that that reality that, yes, it is happening over and over and over again. And it's like, what do you do with that heavy feeling? What do you do with that weight of reality? Like, like what do you do with that? And that brings me to part two of the topic. Basically, is just a, a check-in with everybody. Like we know what has been going on. I kind of gave a rough, brief, very brief uh, summary or uh, capping of what's been going on. But I want to check in with everybody because I feel like it's very important to check in and to do a mental check with you guys. And I'll tell you why. Once this all, once George's video was out in the public, I had watched it and then Ahmad had died. It was like after after those two gentlemen passed away and how they passed away, I found myself waking up in the mornings mad. Not even mad, like I woke up in the mornings pissed off. And I didn't even realize that I was pissed off. Like I would wake up in the morning, I wouldn't utter a word. I wouldn't play any music. And that's not like me. Like I normally play music. I normally am like praying to God, this, that, and the third. I'm upbeat in the morning. But it was like days after it happened, for days I would wake up, I wouldn't say a word. I wouldn't play any music. And I would I would be looking at myself in the bathroom, brushing my teeth, and I realized I was mad. And I wasn't like, you know how they'd be like, oh, you, oh, you mad? Oh, you big mad? No, I was big mad. Like I was upset and I had, I had no idea one that I had been that mad for so many days. And two, I had no idea how to turn it around, like how to turn my emotions around, how to bring myself out of it. It was almost like a, a like a mini depression a little bit, but it was more so anger and aggression. So I I stress checking in with yourself because you can wake up and realize that you've been mad for so many days. You've been sad for so many days and not even realize it until someone brings it to your attention or until you hit bottom and then realize, oh, I've been upset for all of these days. So my big thing about this whole situation is the mental state of people, of all people. But for me, it's a heightened awareness to the the black community, like our mental state. 
because I mean, let's, I'm going to be honest. It is hitting from all sides. It is literally hitting from all sides. Like I have had to unfriend friends on Facebook and on Instagram. Like I have, I literally have had to. And it's like to realize people that you went to high school with, people that you grew up with, you know, people that you thought were close to you had those ideas about people that look like you. Like it's mentally draining, mentally frustrating, and it throws you. So I definitely want to check in with everybody and I want to ask, how are you doing? Not even like that, oh, how you doing? Oh, I'm good, how you doing? No, not like that. Like a legit ask yourself, how am I doing today? How have I been doing for the past couple of days? Because if you haven't been doing okay, that's fine. That's that's okay that you haven't been doing okay. But now that you realize it, we have to do something about it. We have to make sure that you get better because we can't project this movement if mentally we're not we're not equipped to handle it. So ask yourselves are you okay? Check in with yourself. Check in with those around you, the people around you to make sure they're okay, to make sure if they need anything. Make sure you're asking yourself on a regular basis, am I okay today? Have I been okay this week? Make sure you're doing that because that is very important. And then ask yourself if if you find yourself not doing okay, if you find yourself low or upset or angry, ask yourself, what can I do to turn it around? Like start asking yourself. You may not have the answer right now you may not but asking yourself that question asking yourself how can I get out of this situation it alters your thoughts it alters them from saying I'm in this situation I'm stuck I'm stuck to now your thoughts are okay how do I get out of this how can I maneuver differently and that positive thinking can bring about positive energy and you can then in turn start turning it around to being okay and to being more mentally healthy so definitely start asking yourself what can I do to help me be better, help me get out of this rut or get out of this anger or get out of these negative feelings? Also, check your coping practices. Check your activities that you do to de-stress or to blow off steam. Check those things. Make sure that you're doing them. And if you are doing them, maybe you need to alter them and, and try something new. If what you're doing or what you have been doing isn't working anymore, try something different. Go for a walk. Go for a drive. Like, do something that that brings about positive energy. Go spend time with your family. If you got a crazy family and you don't want to deal with them, go journal, go pray, do something other than sit in those thoughts and sit in that reality. Because sometimes we have to take a pause from reality and that's okay. I have to take a pause from reality all the time because it's not good for my mental state. Like if you have to take a social media break, boo, do it. Like, come on. How many times have any of us taken a social media break or as as a lot of people say, a social media cleanse? Take it. It is okay. It's going to be there when you get back, I promise you. And it's going to be more foolishness than when you left. Take that break because your mental state and where you are and what you're thinking, it affects your entire body. And so for your entire body to be healthy and to be in line and to be positive, your thinking has to be in line with positivity and with health, good health. Just a few things that I do. I know when I try to reset or recharge, um, the first thing I try to do, and y'all, I'm not a saint. Let's be honest, boo. I'm not a saint, but I try. I try to make prayer a number one priority. It's not always a, It's not always the first thing I think about. Like if something happens, oh, let me pray. No, I'm not, you know, I desire to be that way. Like that is like the picture perfect response, but I'm not like that all the time. Like, mm-mm. 
I get mad, I get upset, and prayer may be like the second or third or fourth or fifth thing that I think about. But at least, you know, I'm thinking about a child. I'm think I'm thinking about it. But prayer is prayer is one thing that has always helped me. Regardless of what it what I'm praying about, it has definitely helped me and it's definitely something that I keep with me. I may not think about it the first, second or third response, but when I get to it, it's like, okay, I should have started with that to begin with. Devotion. I have grown to love devotionals. I have this book. It's a 365 day devotional. Y'all, I'm not on the right. (laughs) I'm not on the right day. Like it's July 21st and I think I'm still in January. But it's it's the it's the diligence of doing it. Like I may not be consistent at all. However, it's me doing it. And when I when I read my devotional and when I focus my mind and focus my thoughts, it makes my day so much better. And it makes the situation so much better. Like I've started and I haven't mastered this, but I've started to whenever I feel a certain type of way or whenever I'm going through something, I I try to start pausing everything that I'm doing and I'll either pray or I will pray and do a devotional. And for me, it it has definitely helped. I'll be completely honest, because a lot of times we try to kind of not mask over our feelings or what we're going through, but we don't really have time to deal with it right then. So we try to put them away until we have time to deal with it but by the time we have time to deal with it we've done forgot what what has happened and we never deal with it so I try now to just stop whenever I'm going through something or dealing with something I try to stop and I try to pay if I have only time to pray I'll pray if I have time to pray and read my devotional I'll do that and just sit and and kind of work through those thoughts that I'm feeling or thoughts that I'm thinking or feelings that I'm feeling so that has definitely helped me and then y'all my all-time favorite which is like an OG coping mechanism for me is music y'all I love some music I love all types of music except let me clarify except for rock hard metal that foolishness like no I don't do that but I love music and for me it is nothing like like I have dance parties at my house like shout out to the Grey's Anatomy fans because when Meredith and Christina did their dance parties like I was right there with them like that's where I got my dance party ideas from so I do dance parties in my house like and it blows off steam it blows off energy and it just makes you feel better for me it makes me feel better so yeah those are my three coping mechanisms that I do I pray I read my devotional and I listen to music all of the time I listen to music um of course I have other ones but those are kind of like when I need it right then and there when I need something to help me out those are the three things that I normally go for so yeah definitely figure out what your coping mechanisms are uh figure out if they're working for you if not let's change them let's find something that works better for you that helps you if you don't know what they are let's start exploring what you could do it could be knitting it could be reading y'all I am a reader I love a good book so it could be reading it could be sewing it could be doing hair it could be walking y'all there's so many things to do like it could be kickboxing it's so many things out here to do like just pick one Just pick one and see if you like it. If you don't like it, go to the next one because there's so many out here to choose from, okay? So on to the actual question of the hour and which is the title of this episode is do we really want to hear it, y'all? And by do we really want to hear it, I mean, do we really want to hear the naysayers, the people that say no, black lives don't matter or, you know, the the racist people, like, do we really want? 
want to hear what they have to say. Like I've heard both sides of the argument, like, no, we don't need to hear what they have to say. And then I've also heard, well, you know, everybody's opinion matters and you don't need to shut out negative comments or negative people because it's basically like censorship and you basically need like a, I guess like a well-rounded thought process. I don't know. Like, I feel like if you're not doing anything to help the cause, don't hurt it. That's, yeah. If there was, and y'all forgive me if this is insensitive to different communities, I don't mean to be insensitive. That's not my intention. I had the example in my head of if there was a rally or if there was a protest against uh, physical abuse and it was for battered women or battered individuals and they were going out and they were protesting against against physical abuse. If I support it, I'm going to support it all day long. That helps their cause. That promotes their cause. If I don't support that who am I to go and tell a battered woman no you don't need to protest like this no you don't need to do that you don't need to say that this is how you need who am I to go and do that you know like that's the example or the thought that I had in comparison like who am I to be someone that does not agree with a battered woman's movement and then to go and tell her that she does not need to protest in this way or she doesn't need to say these things or she needs to find a better way to protest against something that I don't like that she's doing huh like but I hope I'm making clear sense in, in getting my point across I that I just don't under I don't understand it it's kind of like how dare I one not support something that does not harm me it doesn't harm me so how dare I not support it one and then two tell the people that I don't support how to promote change for something that I don't support I don't understand that like I hope I'm making clear sense when the protests were going on and the riots were going on I always heard people saying there's a better way there's a better way find a better way and I agree that there should be a better way but the question that kept coming back to my mind when I heard that is well what is the better way has anybody said what that what that better way is like has anybody told the people protesting what that better way is because I mean we can ask the question all day long there has to be a better way what is the better way find a better way like we can we can tell people that all day long but if you don't actually come up with a better way I don't know what you want those people to do like do you want them to just not do anything at all because in my in my head it's like okay if I'm a young and young individual which I mean I'm 27 but if I'm like a teenager out here protesting and I hear older people telling me there's a better way find a better way there has to be a better way don't do that there's a better way if I continuously hear that there's a better way and then nobody is telling me what that better way is I'm gonna go out and seek that better way myself and nine times out of ten it's not going to be the better way it's just going to be the way that I chose to go so it's like rioting is wrong yes I know it but I also cannot fault the people that are out there doing what they think is right or doing what they feel they have to do because we as a community telling them to find a better way have not given them a better way it's like if we're going to tell people to find a better way and to to do it a different way we also have to give people the tools to actually do it a different way another thing that I another question that I had is y'all Okay, so there's naysayers, uh, racist people or people that don't advocate for the Black Lives Matter movement. But my question is, I guess my question is, why is it that naysayers can come together on just about 
every subject except this one like why is it so why are people so hard pressed against this topic why are we projecting negativity towards this topic like y'all when we talk about battered women there is unanimous support for that I have not seen someone say that no a woman should get beat I have never seen that like unanimous support when we talk about abusive dogs unanimous support when we talk about abusive children unanimous support when we talk about abusive black people it's discussable like we need to have a discussion y'all like wait a minute wait a minute we are under dogs like everybody can have a unanimous support of not abusing dogs but it's discussable to talk about the abuse of black people I don't think I will ever comprehend any type of logic towards that and it just tells the black community where we are in this world where what our status is where we stand with the world and for us for me that is mentally weighing like to know that people people were saying to shoot like to shoot the people at the marketplace like I live in North Carolina and there's a marketplace in the center of downtown Fayetteville and people were protesting on it and I was reading comments and people were like shoot them throw bananas at them and like it is it's enraging one but two it's mentally abusive like to me it's mentally abusive it put me in a place that I didn't think I could ever be in because I mean it's year 2020 I didn't think I would be still like I knew I would be dealing with some form of racism I've dealt with it all my life really but I didn't think I'd be dealing with it like this like and like I said earlier y'all my block list and unfriend list during this whole time it has been so strong like it has been growing numbers by the day because I just feel like I don't want that negativity around me like if we're if we're social media friends that means you're gonna see some of my personal life that I choose to share and it's like if you don't support you know me being equal to like my culture being equal to other cultures why am I about to share my life with you Mm, no I'm okay with that we can just go ahead and and leave part ways here we can part ways here you you go about your life I'll go about mine but we're not going to intertwine them No, absolutely not. And y'all, I understand that there is, I don't know if there's a law against it. Y'all tell me if there's actually a law against censorship. I don't know. I'm not really fond of law, but I understand that censorship is is bad. We we shouldn't censor people's voices. But I feel like in, in this instance, what are the naysaying and the racist comments doing for the movement other than fueling rage and anger and hate what is it doing and should it be censored I want to propose the question because I am still searching for the answer as a black community how do we handle or what is the proper way to handle naysayer what is the proper way to deal with people that think against your culture or promote against your culture what is the proper way because I feel like as a community we have to educate each other on what to do what not to do and so instead of me saying there's a better way to handle naysayers I'm asking the question what is that better way does anyone have a scenario that they've been in that has produced a positive outcome when it could have gone negative because I want to learn how to better address people that aren't for me or aren't for my culture or aren't for the Black Lives matter movement or that are racist I want to find a better way because my way is not productive in any sense of the word like no it's not like I have 
I feel like everybody has their moments where they can be positive and they can see, you know, the good in people and they could uh, respond accordingly. And then people have the other side where it's just like they're fed up, they're tired, and they respond accordingly. My question is, how can we respond that results in more positive outcomes than negative? Share it, guys, because we need to know, we need to see, hey, we're not alone in this. And there are positive ways to handle the situation and handle our responses. If there is still light, then there is still love. So my insightful moment for this episode is simply this. The true reason we can't seem to be depicted as good in today's society is because that wasn't the purpose we were brought here for. We were never we will never be good enough because we are no longer what they intended for us to be. We are better than good enough. We are better than great. We fought slavery. We fought death, we thought we fought hatred, and now we're fighting the system. We are beyond what they thought we would be. So in their eyes, we will never be good enough for their world. So instead of fighting for their world, let's fight for our own. Let's create our own. Because regardless of if it gets better, we will be great. Regardless if they change their minds, our minds are changed. Regardless if their system changes, our system has changed. Our inner being has changed. And therefore, we won't be the same. So baby, what I tell you is go ahead and be great. I am a proud African-American woman. I love my skin and I love my culture. Y'all be great. Be excellent. Be extraordinary. Be gifted. Be uplifted. Be powerful. Because no matter what this world says, God will always say we're greater. God will always say we were called to be more than what they want us to be. We can only control ourselves. We can only control what we do. So let's control how we see ourselves and how we see our culture. Change won't happen if we don't see it first. So instead of being what they want us to be, let's be greater. Let's be higher. Let's shoot for more. And we would never have been beaten down if we didn't have something on the inside of us that they tried to suppress. Let it out, y'all. Let our culture, our spirit ring. Y'all be beautiful and be great and never forget Black Lives Matter. If there is still light, then there is still love. There is still hope, just a flicker's enough. It only takes one single flame to cut through the dark and light. Whew, y'all. All right. That was the episode, wasn't it? <laughs> All right, y'all. So I just want to thank everybody for starting this conversation with me. Y'all remember, this is only the beginning of the conversation. Don't let this be the end. Y'all thought, y'all thought I was harsh. If y'all thought I was extra, I'm sorry. I just had to get it out. Like this is my therapy too, y'all. So by the time this episode ends, you know, I got to be free too. <laughs> But I want y'all to keep the conversation going, you know, keep talking to those around you because a lot of people are holding things in that we need to go ahead and release, you know, you need to go ahead and release it. So 
Thank y'all for sticking with me thus far. Y'all remember to join us on Facebook. We're over there. We're starting the conversation over there. Well, we're continuing the conversation over there. And come join us. Come join the conversation. If you have comments, questions, opinions, whatever it is, y'all, just come on over there. We're over there and we're ready to continue the conversation. All right, don't forget to follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play. Y'all rate, share, comment, do everything that the platform will allow you to do that is positive for the show. (laughs) Um, And it's greatly appreciated, y'all. Shine your brightest today and every day that follows. And remember to start speaking, always be down to listen, and advocate for your own healing. Love y'all. There is hope in every situation, all this pain I'm facing. For every dream I'm chasing, there's hope. There is hope in every situation, all this pain I'm facing.